Here she comes, just a walking down the street, singing do Oh, I thought you meant Colette. You meant the voice. Jenga, you look mighty fine in that smoking jacket. I'm oh, glad to see you. it's already going to good use. Thank you. I, uh, I've changed it, its name to Watering Jacket because this is what I stand outside and sip whiskey and water my lawn in now at midnight when I get home lately. I love you so much. <laughs> now I really? need a watering jacket. <laughs> I really want to, you know, encourage the fungus to grow on my plants. So I like to water them at night. acceptable podcast comic book experience I f- it up already <laughs> welcome welcome to the comics place presents comic book talking experience where we read comics talk about comics own and run stores about comics and i'm Django. i'm colette and i'm roman and we're going to talk about comics Today, we're going to talk about Creep Show number one, uh, Nightwing number 96, uh, Shirtless Bear Fighter 2 number two. I don't know if that's a 2 2 joke or two number two jokes. Ice Cream Man number 32. That book is getting old. Batman One Bad Day Two Face number one. And we're also going to talk about Vanish. Number one, we're also going to talk about how short that intro was. It's a thing we're working on. It's called efficiency. Uh, it's called only Jeff has the keys to the true intro. And <laughs> Jeff is gone. <laughs> is, it this, is it that bad already? <laughs> as, no, as you were... I'm just fucking tired. And I was trying not to snort laugh from like, word three of the intro as you were reading those comics i i, I realized I, i'm amazed that ice cream man 32 didn't do like a 32 damn it i messed that up it's 20 i was gonna say a 32 flavors joke no it's 31 oh, flavors isn't it fuck yeah good good call baskin robbins joke yeah yeah ice ice cream humor the kids ice out there don't even yeah kids out there don't even know what baskin robbins is you know their logo the b and the r are colored in such a way that you can see a three and a one like the the bumps of the b is a three and the stick for the r is a one so their logo says 31 flowers wow, really yeah I yeah i didn't know that i, until I that was up. like 43 or something i didn't know that until today uh well we should uh we should get into this but i think first maybe we should see if we have anything oh look at this oh will elmer there's <gasps> no will Hey, I know that guy. Will, Will Elmer sent us a voicemail and it's playing, but you can't hear it for some reason. <laughs> That's great. We're Will. so good at this oh without Jeff. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Good point, Will. I what agree. What is going on? <laughs> Roman, do you hear something we don't hear? What's no, going? I'm just having a conversation with Will in my head. Uh, right on. Um, oh, damn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things are very broken. <laughs> <laughs> oh god andrew let's 
please make us sound like we're better at this than we are. Oh, but we're not. Everybody forgot that our secret sauce is a figly juice. Uh, yeah. So for the you listeners at home, that's what it sounds like when your uh, AirPods just. Two hundred and eighty-six. I hope you guys aren't missing Jeffrey too much tonight. We are. Uh, while he's out somewhere getting so a tattoo, I think uh, from Frank Quietly. Is that what I heard? He's getting a tattoo from Frank Quietly. Yikes. Um, so that actually leads me to my question. Pretty directly this week, I wanted to know what each of you, assuming there's three of you there, uh, if you could be tattooed by any comic book artist, who would you want it to be? But instead of just like letting Colette choose Joelle Jones, I want Colette <laughs> to choose who Django would get tattooed by. I want Django to choose who Roman would get tattooed by and Roman to choose who does Colette's tattoo. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Well, I don't think he said it was episode 286, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. We'll just we'll just fix that in post. We'll put it earlier. Yep. We'll take out that part where Will somehow interrupted me with a voicemail. I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll do it live. Well, yeah. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, let's see. I I think we should. Uh, I think we should start in the order that Will just gave us. Colette. Fuck. Who am I getting a <laughs> tattoo from? Um. Well, I feel like I should remember the artist's name, but I feel like you just really need a giant spider Jerusalem back piece. Ooh. Just like a whole transmit um, thing. Derek Robertson. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, mm-hmm. I was gonna say Sinkevich because I know you love him so much, but like that's not weird and wrong enough to be on your body for the I rest can, of time. So I'm envisioning, Will didn't say that I couldn't choose what it looked like. He just said that you got to choose who did it, right? Mm-hmm. And first of all, I really really hope that Derek Robertson is good with a tattoo needle because we don't even know <laughs> what that guy's skill level is. Uh, <laughs> but the I'm I'm imagining like a pulp uh black exploitation movie poster mm. style spider Jerusalem with explosions and stuff in the background and you know the the filthy assistants and just everything uh in in the style of like a uh shaft movie poster a black dynamite movie poster I love it I love it yeah. Also, I think you might need to get the shadow scarf tattooed onto your face. On my so you're face, just that's... always wearing it. Can I have uh, uh, Kyle Baker do that for me? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thank you. And then can I also get Kevin McGuire to do the Batman cowl on the top of my face? Even better. <laughs> <laughs> just, but like someone's got a tattoo. <clears throat> The, your whole head just the, the whole, whole head. head's got to be made into a, a, a like someone's got to do the hat the shadow's hat with yep. like some little bat ears coming out of the top and then yep. yeah yep okay yep. all right i'm in i am cool. in um i don't know what the legalities are for uh tattooing white on someone's eyelids but i'm willing to find out good, good. willing to travel to a state where you can get away with that yeah Roman. i think we live in the state where you can get away yeah, with that. probably <laughs> very worst case scenario i'll have to go to like california or something and that's it yeah yeah <laughs> oregon uh, you just like right <laughs> whatever just throw a rock and you'll hit a tattoo artist that'll do anything for you in oregon <laughs> uh roman 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 man colette yes, just wasted yes, yes. all of my good ideas on <laughs> <laughs> 
I think okay, Will didn't Will didn't say we couldn't choose uh dead people. So I'm gonna say that I want Roman tattooed as the thing. So oh. all the crags, all the orange, all the just mm -hmm. head to toe, kind of uh who's the guy from the Jim Rose circus who was in the X Files, like the puzzle piece guy. He used to yeah, live yeah. right by me on Capitol Hill. I'd yeah. ride the bus with him all the time. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't expect Roman to get implants under his skin to mimic the the thing's skin, but um, yeah. I'd do the beetle brow. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. And then I'd have to start smoking so I can have a big old stogie, like, well, like Ben did in the classic days. Just get one from Jack while he's tattooing you. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I cool. can't wait to see what Roman has up his up his wizard sleeve for Colette. Well, let's see the artist I'm thinking of. I don't know the name of the artist. It's um, Joelle Jones. But... <laughs> no, no, no. So it's... it's just outlines of Colette's face. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that, that'd be good. But since Will said it, I can't use that one. Um, I was going to say, oh, that artist that I know you have books by her, and I think some prints in your your dining room. Um, You've narrowed it does down the to like kind 10. Of, yeah, does the kind mm -hmm. of fantastical... Um, porcelain looking figures with the giant sad the giant eyes and the sad face mab graves of, i thought it was i don't woman. have well mab That's... graves is a woman are, oh, are you thinking okay. Mar margaret keen because i don't have any margaret keen stuff hmm. um i don't know i just know you've gotten books by art books by her in the in, in the shop are you talking about james jean the guy who did all the fables covers no 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 i'm pretty sure it's a female artist okay sounds like uh sounds like kind of uh mark Rydney style yeah when you're describing it big eyes painterly painterly porcelain. Yes. and what is it oh i was thinking well all of us <clears> of <throat> course but in that style <laughs> <laughs> <Just 'cause... laughs> i just want to see us all with the big the big eyes and holding like like cracked teacups and <laughs> awesome <laughs> Well, thanks for the voicemail, Will. And hey. you, dear listener, assuming we have more listeners than Will, you could send in a voicemail <laughs> like that too, and we could answer your uh, amazing or ridiculous question. Uh, we do have another voicemail, but we're going to save that for later on. A little bit later on, we'll do another voicemail. Um, you guys have a good day? Yeah. Go, go. It existed. So <laughs> Creep Show number one by Chris Burnham, <laughs> Paul Dini, Stephen Langford, and John McRae from Image Comics. Uh, Colette, tell us something about this book. It hit me uh, in a very special place. <laughs> this uh, this hit me in a almost needed to put it down kind mm -hmm. of a place, but like, a, oh, I really like this, but it's also hitting a spot. That It's about kids and, <laughs> and creepy horror. And I never used to be bothered. You know, you have a child. Like, before you have a kid, you're fine reading about kids being eaten by creepy, uh, <laughs> demonic birthday party performers. You can watch any commercial you want and not yeah. be blindsided by tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is, uh, man, this was so good. Just like a solid... It was funny that we had two different like creepy narrator horror <clears throat> comics come out. Number ones come out in the same week and they were both very different. Um, yeah. Good in their own ways. But this this hit that like perfect uh, creep factor homage to 
all the original uh, House of Horrors kind of EC horror well, did, comics and everything. And did you ever like, read the original Creepshow story, the Stephen King and uh, Bernie Wrightson book? No, I did not. Okay, that is that's what I loved about this is that they hit the right tone, the the voices for the Crypt Keeper or whatever, and the the cover and the just the half horror and half absurd nature mm-hmm. of each of these stories. I thought was really well. Um, it's three different stories, and uh, the first one was easily my favorite. Mm-hmm. What What did you think? That's the sad one. It is the sad one. <laughs> I mean, those kids are assholes. Well, some of those not kids the are little assholes. one. <laughs> it was yeah, it was great. I, mean, I I and I don't have any kids just to qualify, but I thought the ending was great because I was like, yeah, they actually went all the way. <laughs> yeah, all yeah. the way to the conclusion yep. that. You, they were hinting at i mean it's chris burnham i knew they were he was gonna yeah. go all the way and it was gonna that was what made it harder it, it cracked me up too that um on the very first panel well the first panel is a inset of the the creep or whatever this host is called but uh that when we first see the kids i was like what is this one kid dressed as and i realized oh he's marty mcfly i think yeah, I think he's Marty McFly, and <laughs> yeah. the, the other kid's a mummy, and the other one's either a dick or a hot dog. He's a, he's. I, I assumed it was a hot dog because I assumed that was mustard. <laughs> yeah, but look at the uh, the intentional little divot right at yeah. that top of that hot oh, dog. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, I I actually um really appreciate the violence in this like it's so kinetic and horrifying like stomping on a kid's head until his eyes pop out through a sewer grate is like a plus plus material right there mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah when i read that i was like oh he curb stomped the kid jeez yeah the <clears throat> the horror i mean i can burn them the horror in the little mummy kid's eyes is like yeah. worse than all of the the actual gore of it too yeah just like the look on his face after he vomits up the chocolate those tears in his eyes it was like oh god yeah i was gonna say that and the fact that the kid because this thing that comes after him is you know mad that he ate the candy bar he wasn't supposed to and so the poor kid i love the that just that little creative bit the kid's like so scared he's like wait wait i can make it better and he, and he makes himself throw up yeah that <laughs> was, I was like, so sad that's a nice touch yeah because you know it's not gonna work right Right, it's just yep. so this poor terrified child. I'm glad to announce that uh, this episode will be bookended by Barf comics. There's a Barf in this, and there's a Barf in the last book we're going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, As it sure. should be when it's the three of us running this. Bingo! <laughs> yeah. Speaking of bingo, Shingo, Shingo, <laughs> <laughs> and that was a great story, just because it's totally different um, mm-hmm. t- mood and tone, but it you know some weird kid eating creature from who knows where maybe it's a demon who knows it's kind of a, a purple people eater right yeah yeah it kind of reminded mm-hmm. me of um some kind of uh simon bisley type creature yep. even, even though the art doesn't look anything like that but... yeah, there, there's there's something a little bisley-esque with some of john mccray's drawings i think like uh some of the some of the people's faces are like bisley's um pencil work yeah not, not his painterly stuff his painted stuff is very different but i really really like john mccray um, I, I think yeah. he was first on my radar with hitman in the dc universe with garth ennis and since then all the weirdo stuff that he's done i think i think he just keeps getting better and better at what he does i i know that it, it almost seems trite at this point to use this phrase in this podcast but his use of the halftone dots for shading <laughs> is yep. actually so good yeah yeah 
it's, yeah, he's doing really interesting stuff there. I love yeah, the, this was great. There's the little girl who has the shining shirt on ish. Like it's a green mm. shirt yeah. that's reminiscent of the shining pattern, but not quite right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, the birthday girl. Yeah. I love the uh, the touch of that the uh, the emotionally manipulative child is the real horror of the uh, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, birthday party performers. What a fucking weird ass creepy concept to begin with, and then yeah. so perfect for a for a horror idea. Yes, yeah. come to my home. Let me no. not see your face dressed in a creepy ass <laughs> costume. Hang out with my kids. It's probably fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last one is just a, a short story about a guy burying a body. And what is he actually burying? Um, is this a preview for the next one? I don't know. I I would be fine with it either way. I like I like the unfinished nature of it, but I'm curious to see what happens next if they continue it. Um, the it really kind of evokes the original creep show comic mm. i think there were a couple of graves dug in that uh and one of the panels reminded me of um i don't know if you remember the original one roman but there's there's the one where the guy buries his wife or girlfriend and her lover up to their neck as the tide mm-hmm. comes in uh and like the second panel in that black and white story made me think of that uh it's just like yeah sand and uh nothing good ever happens in sand <laughs> in a horror nope. comic no, no. <laughs> or in life Man, yeah it's gross yeah um yeah. yeah i i thought this was great and the cover the, the a cover just nails that original bernie wrightson cover yeah yeah it really does and i and i like the fact that um greg nicotero did the text piece in it mm-hmm. he's um it's a big uh, executive producer, right? Yeah, originally, yeah, and executive producer and director on the Creep Show TV show and The Walking Dead. Yeah, um, I shouldn't say TV show; it's not TV. It's it's on HBO. Shutter. It's not TV. It's HBO. <laughs> yeah, it's it's streaming <laughs> streaming TV. <laughs> it's all just been one big slushy entertainment pool at this point. Yeah, yeah. You can even read it if you put the subtitles on. Everything's got subtitles now, Romans. You know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whenever I watch Doctor Who, I usually have to turn on the subtitles because there's some character whose accent I can't understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, I think I would give this book like a nine. I think it was really effective and, and like throwaway level, but really, really good, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, like light entertainment, but about as good as it gets in that room. Yeah, I'd give it a nine also. This was just perfectly done. Roman. Roman's uh, consulting his list. He's got a seven-page list that, that <laughs> tells him what score he gave each book he read this week. Of the 5,000 comics he read, other than the few main ones that everyone else read. I've never even heard of some of the comics he reads every week. I know. <laughs> yeah, and yet somehow I missed like the big Batman release of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I read this Korean adaptation of King Lear. <laughs> fish, fish Police Revenge. <laughs> fish police returns holy mackerel uh i gave this i gave this you said that on porpoise didn't you <laughs> yes i did yeah he said it just for the halibut <laughs> he blew a seal oh wait no that's a different joke <laughs> all right it's a fine catch indeed <laughs> I gave this ten. I gave this ten bloody birthday candles. Ten. Oh God. Okay. Let's oh wait, never that do was that, that again. That was the crypt keeper. Wrong. Wrong horror host. Oh God. Anyway. 
I heard that Tom Taylor's still writing comics that I, for no discernible reason, don't read. Ow. I think I missed one issue 40 issues ago, and I threw a fit and didn't read it. <laughs> uh, Nightwing number 96. You guys are going to have to take lead on this because I don't even have a copy here. Well, it's got an awesome cover that's a, a tribute to the Brady Bunch. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> the, yes. It's a story of a family Batman and the something. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> it's a very uh, cute cover. It is very cute. Well, good old Tom Taylor and uh, Bruno Redondo back at it again every month being just fucking amazing like i don't get how this is just always so solid every time but this issue was like so i needed this this week i have been just beaten and spent and this made me happier than i have been uh in a while um and uh don't tell my family that um (laughs) no they're wonderful uh so we had the big reveal in the end of the last issue that uh, Blockbuster found out who uh, Nightwing is. And we have their big fight after that. And um, Nightwing is taking him out and uh, manages to uh, to kick him out of the building. And, uh, and he goes to go scurrying off. Um, and just so many solid, solid, fantastic. I don't know. I... The more I like something, the worse I am about talking about it. Um, So this is one of those things where every time I get to a point in a story like this, I expect it to be kind of a letdown because usually the way you wrap up a big lead up is just kind of like, okay, that worked. Whatever. We'll keep on with the story. And Taylor just keeps having these just solid endings or culminations to things that you they feel right for the story they feel right for the characters they're satisfying they they're not stretches of logic to make it work um so dick manages to kick blockbuster's ass and then he goes to uh to get his henchmen to help him but meanwhile babs has found out that uh um that blockbuster owns the worst the private prison in Bloodhaven that's like known as being the worst of the worst private prisons and lets all of his henchmen know. And they're it's the best use of censorship I've seen in a comic pretty much ever. We've got uh oh god, what's his name? Is it Undertaker or whatever his name is? No the, elect- um, the electrocutioner. Oh, thank you. Electrocutioner saying a big fuck you and uh two middle fingers, but they're covered with the comics code. <laughs> uh first appearance of the comics code used as a sensor bar right yeah <laughs> um and it's and it's dc's own they made up their own yeah um approved by the authority of dc comics it, oh. ma- it made me think of you jango when i read those panels because <laughs> yeah. i know how you hate the asterisk asterisk exclamation point uh-huh. substitution yeah. for swear words and this is just as they're driving away, the execu- yeah. electrocutioner just flipping them off and cursing them out, but it's all covered with the DC Comics Code stamp. Does it fit tonally with the rest of that book? Since yep. I haven't been reading it, okay. Yeah, it fits it, perfectly. It, it's yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. It's it's clever. It's hilarious. You get. I felt like it, you got a lot more of the satisfaction of the giant fuck you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Much more so than if, because it, it added a, a laugh to the fuck you and right. not just asterisks and blurry things and whatnot. You guys know, and, do you know who owns the Comics Code Authority icon? Does, um, uh, what's their name? Frank Miller. 
the CBLDF. That's I was, that who who I was trying of? to think of. Yeah. 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 They, they own that icon and uh, you're supposed to get permission if you use it. So I think it's funny that DC didn't get permission or didn't ask permission or something. Oh, yeah. they just, yeah, they just created their own. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's different. They would want to do that anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but the best part about it was that after all of that greatness, there's this just awesome exchange between Dick and Barbara, where he's basically telling her that they have to break up because Blockbuster knows who he is and he's going to go after everyone he loves. And she just tells him like, no, fuck you. I care about you. And I'm a fucking superhero too. I'm just in just as much danger at any point of the time. And you need to break your screwed up programming from Batman and acknowledge that you're allowed to be happy. And it's just this wonderful, sweet, kind, real exchange between two ridiculous fictional characters that we've known <laughs> for decades upon decades. And it just made me so happy it was wonderful and i just spoiled it for anyone who hasn't read it yet and i don't care because it's wonderful yeah it was an amazing couple of pages because the way it starts i mean they're up in his apartment wherever it is oh it's where he knocked through blockbuster through the window and the last panel on the page is a tight tight narrow panel of close-up of dick and he's got his head hung and it's raining and it's dark and he's saying that dick Grayson and barbara gordon can't be together and the next panel is just her throwing back her head and laughing <laughs> <laughs> this is stupidity and later on i don't know how um what's the name of the artist uh redondo yeah i don't know just an amazing panel um where she's finishing this talk she's given him and it's a close close tight tight close-up of her eyes and her you can tell that her chin is a little down but she's looking up at him in his eyes and and somehow he just captured when you see that panel i was like yeah, I know that look. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And this looks like such simple art, but it's like, wow, he just caught so much. And there's one word in the panel <laughs> and it's just incredible. Yeah. And then they kiss later on down on the panel and she's holding his butt because it's Nightwing's <laughs> butt. So who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it had, and it had a cool, like, like uh epilogue they don't call it an epilogue but they have a cool final moment you know with one of the with heartless showing up and, and that sets things up for the future it's like oh man this is a perfect issue so this is is this tom taylor's first kind of ongoing series because he's done a lot of mini series that turned into m series of mini series but i don't think he's just kind of written a his, thing his wolverine this. went for quite a while that was an oh, ongoing i didn't know he did wolverine hmm. yeah he did the laura and gabby oh that's right no wonder yeah. i like oh. that yeah huh okay i'll allow it <laughs> <laughs> um all right so what do you guys give it 10, ten. yep 10 <laughs> okay 10 and i'm so and I... looking forward to the batman joker deadly duo mark Silvestri book oh boy are you really <laughs> no i'm kidding i think the art in it looks really cool <laughs> well if you'd read I'm this assuming... you could have read the uh preview in the back of it I saw yeah. there's a preview in something I read. Yeah. I probably read something. I, I do kind of like the scene where Batman is like swoops down to the cops and then it doesn't make any sense. I don't know how he did that and what the hell his cape is actually doing there. <laughs> but it looks cool. Yeah. It looks cool. It's, I don't It's yeah. being badass, Roman. But yeah, yeah. Gen I mean, I'll read it, I'm sure, but I was never a Mark Silvestri fan back in the nineties. His art I, Go ahead. I was gonna say I I have one of those like weird I don't 
feel like I like it, but then at the same time, there's something about it that's just really like, oh, I don't want to like this, but I do. Like, I almost bought the Batman black and white of his that's just Batman in a chair, just man-spreading like crazy <laughs> cape wrapped around, wrapped around him. I didn't end up getting it, but I came very close because there's just I... something... I tried to read the darkness over and over because it just looks so cool. It was <laughs> terrible, but I really like the art. <laughs> um, okay, guys, guys. Okay. Um, Colette, I'm sorry. We're going to talk about something you didn't read. That's fine. God, we might do it two in a row. Shit. No, I don't care. I feel bad to all the people listening that I just totally just like beat for beat explained an entire comic to them because I was just so excited about it. So uh, <laughs> I can sit back and just, drink yeah. the rest of my whiskey and uh, continue to be more obnoxious of a person for when I'm ready to talk again. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Sharp, hone your skills. Woohoo! <laughs> Lean into it. <laughs> Roman. Django. I did not like, I, I did not like the shirtless bear fighter two, number two. Oh my gosh. Really? <gasps> but I heard that you did. Oh. And I don't know if I was in a bad mood or if this was literally the first comic I read this week or I don't know. Something something didn't click for me. So golly, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get into some shirtless bear fighting right now. All right, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> like I won't deny that there's some funny stuff, but there, tell me tell me what, there's tell me what there's a like prison about. turd fished stolen from the prison and used to create some kind of weird serum that changes somebody in a second. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And the guy says, uh, translated from bear, drop the deuce. <laughs> I love all the stupid bear jokes and things translated Jingo, from bear. Jingo, I thought you were like legally obligated to love anything and everything shirtless bear fighter or within that genre of humor. I I did too. <laughs> and wow. like I'm looking through it again and, and it's tickling me more now than it did before. Um but like <laughs> tickle. I I didn't believe that he could get a job uh working at a Chuck E. Cheese's like he did <laughs> and get paid quick enough to get two dollars to go buy a big old pile of flapjacks. Well of course well of course not, but it's shirtless bear fighters. None of that kind of reality matters. <laughs> I mean, he uh, flies a he flies a jet fighter that's covered in bear skins that are all all sewn together. Yeah, I guess he also uh, <laughs> sleeps under a broken tree in the rain in the park, and and remembers when he was born. Um, when he and had... him remembering that he was born isn't the weird thing. It's that he remembers that he had a giant beard the day he was. Yeah, born. a giant full Ryan Russell beard. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, I'm looking through it. I like every panel more than I like the whole thing. Ah, yeah. uh, Mr. Biagi, B punches him. Um, okay, yeah, and the B says, "Sting, float like a butterfly, sting like a me. Um, were you pooping while you read this? Because I feel like this is one of those things that you're required to poop while you read. Maybe that's And therefore... It. I'll be right back. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this. Like, okay. give, me, give me like 45 <laughs> minutes. I'll be right back. <laughs> He goes to Hokkaido, Japan, to meet Mister Bearagi, who's not a bear, by the way, but or Biagi, sorry, Biagi, um, yeah, Biagi, who's got the big, crazy uh, white eyebrows and beard, like I forget the name of that actor in all like those Chaw Brothers films. Yeah, yeah, he was always the the master sensei in all these movies. Um, yeah, I had to, I had to, we need to call Sean. <laughs> Sean would know. <laughs> And I even forgot, why did he go to see this 
I guess just a, he was one of his original trainers in his fight yeah. against bearer bearerism. He's yeah, he's been fired and he's just super bummed. He's out of money. I don't know how he got there being out of money. Did you yeah. uh <laughs> I think probably my favorite part was the gigantic sensor area on the last page. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a weapon X homage going on? Oh, it totally could be. Yeah. That's the the cloned shirtless bad bear fighter cloned from the poop of the guy who yeah from Jackson Logger Jackson Logger <laughs> okay this is going nowhere Roman what do you give this book <laughs> um, oh look at that next issue page uh, what did I give this let's see. I really should alphabetize my list or something. Is that next to, issue I, page a, a New Mutants homage? Yeah. I think, yeah. Demon Bear. That, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Demon Bear saga. Um, I gave it an eight. I think I, I gave it a six, but I'm going to bump it up to a seven after we talked about it. This is a really good, uh, a really good example, Colette, of where our discussion elevates mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. score. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I, I realize I'm bear explaining this to you, but uh, <laughs> we talked about it earlier. So. I keep waiting. Yeah, you know, I was I, definitely not the person that brought it up earlier and said <laughs> it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. If, uh, and I couldn't do it, but somehow if like in the future, like the third series or something, if Nick Cage showed up as like a, tra- a, tra- a trainer buddy of the bear or as a villain, it would be so fitting because it's just that kind of book, like crazy Nick Cage movies. But can he be like a human cage with just Nick Cage's head <laughs> off the top of it, little legs and arms sticking off the side? That's what that book needs. Doing his weird, whiny, screaming, laughing thing because he's a cage. <laughs> it is kind of like just this side of God Hates Astronauts, right? <laughs> yeah. Like the the story... It's a little less ensemble than God Hates Astronauts, which is just a yeah. million ridiculous characters. Okay, listen, MC Roman. <laughs> this Ice Cream Man number 32 has an MC Escher cover on the A, oh. on the a cover. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Hammer. No, no, no. no. I mean, can't we t- could be. Can't touch Do we this. know that Escher wasn't, uh, wasn't a, an MC? We don't know that. I could easily picture him being like, can't draw this. Michael Corleone <laughs> Escher. <laughs> okay, so this had a, a really interesting redirect in it. Um, and it had some recurring cool. characters and locations to previous issues. Uh, we got to see the guy who was drinking whiskey. Was it in a, the funeral issue that we met that guy as a photograph before? Um, um you talking the, about the, the ins- inside front cover? The inside front cover. We've oh. met that guy as a photograph in the past. Oh, I don't remember. Um, and the, the story follows him in a rehab center uh trying to do the the 12 steps and the 12 steps are listed on the inside front cover and they're a little bit perverted because it's ice cream man um and we just get to watch him try to try to struggle through his addiction and at some point we meet the writer of the series and it's not the guy that we've been following who I assumed it was about. Like, I thought that this was more of a, a straight up autobiographical thing. Um, but the, the Billy character who like the, the fat zitty kid is named Billy Prince. Um, and this is written by W Maxwell. Prince. Oh God, I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't put that together, but yeah. And what, but we don't find that out until, at the end when he's leaving he's graduating right. and he tells him his real name because before we knew him as billy barnacles yeah yeah does does the w in w o maxwell prince stand for william 
and I'm therefore Billy. It does. Okay, okay. It has to. It must. Right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's not Waldo. No, I always not. thought his name was Waldo. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean this is this was this had a different tone than a lot of the Ice Cream Man books, which is a weird thing to say because there doesn't seem to be a super consistent through line in the tone other than, you know, kind of cynical and and sad. Um, but this issue felt maybe a little more personal. Um, and I I I wonder if it is. I meant to write the author before we did this and and ask him ask him a little bit about this issue and ask him if he listens to my podcast obsession dopey uh the podcast about mm. drugs and dumb shit um but yeah this this was uh you know just yet another like the 32nd amazing issue of this series <laughs> yeah this i was so impressed with this and that it follows i mean each page is a day um mm-hmm. in the program and I, and a step right yeah and a step and i really liked i mean I, i've never been through this I've never I've never been close to anybody that's gone done done this type of thing but it's it seemed very honest a lot more honest than some of these uh, stories some of the stories or movies you see set in a situation like this mm-hmm. you know honest about the relapsing and the the going through the motions and how it's bullshit yeah but there yeah, mo- he... moments when you're like when the character's like oh wait there's a core in here that I should really pay attention to yeah and we've met um we've met this cartoon stick figure of him before we've met the weird spider monster that he sees in his sleep we've met him um i feel like we've probably even met some of the other people in the facility as well um so yeah i like part of what i love about this series is how every issue is its own thing and its own super bizarro thing but also the other thing i like about it is how everything feels related and how things kind of loop in on each other and um you know that this this was just another issue that does both of those things that seem to contradict each other really well. Yeah. Um, what did What did you think of that? Hey, Andrew, can we get a tally of the number of times I've been on the podcast and it's been a uh, an ice cream man week and I have never read a single <laughs> oh, issue? Oh, crap. Never I read feel a single like... fucking issue? <laughs> I've never None? read one. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, I forgot. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> It's, just, it's the whole thing at this point. I saw it in the box when I was pulling oh stuff to read God. for the hot podcast. I was like, I can't start now. Like, <laughs> after all this time. You shouldn't feel bad about not reading it, but you should also know that you can read any issue yeah. and you can oh, jump in naked and read it. Like, I know. And, and I'm amazing. Yeah. I'm sure. And I almost, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if this was finally the week that I like showed up and I was like, oh yeah, here's my opinion of Ice Cream Man. And then I remembered that I'm broken and uh, emotionally can't handle what I've heard Ice Cream Man is. And especially if it was an addiction issue, uh, addiction issue this week. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. But- I don't know that, I don't know that this would be a good first issue for you, but also there's, there has been an issue to fuck anybody up. Oh yeah. 32 issues in, we've had something that'll get under anybody's skin. The next one is not going to be about addiction. I think you should grab the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they're all about addiction, which I could see that being the case as well. I mean, it's all good. Like I can handle, I, it sound, I, from what I know of this series and Prince's writing, I actually trust that he did an addiction issue. Mostly I get angry at how, poorly portrayed addiction tends to be in stuff and i have a feeling this is probably actually well done um yeah at this point i don't know i I feel like it 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 would just be anticlimactic if i finally read an issue after we all have our nightmares (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, and this this issue is more like it's more like an addiction procedural, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. it's it's the police hitting the streets and solving the crime. It's not the crime and the chase and the handcuffing. Mm-hmm. It's just the the paperwork that goes along with it and the like the, yep. the day-to-day plodding through trying to deal with this thing in in this facility with some horror elements like a horrifying spider monster that sits over your bed and and berates you there's a spider monster in this one yeah i'm good i'm I'm i mean i I I imagine that's that's what roman uh that's why roman doesn't like um spiders is because he's got that guy visiting his bed every night that page i I was i kind of read that page quicker than the other pages so i didn't have to look at that thing yeah it's it's a (laughs) very effective horrifying monster (laughs) yeah all right roman i like you know 10 whatever fuck what do you think yeah 10 i mean look at my scores i wrote down nine but i know the only reason i wrote down nine is because i already did two tens i was like you know i should bury things but it really is a 10 (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it's just weeks of good comics yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well colette well Django. i i think that at this point in the show Mm -hmm. we can let roman take a knee Mm -hmm. hang out Mm -hmm. for a second roman take a knee um, maybe gonna... it's time for him to go have a little poo uh well since he didn't read this because Roman, he forgot it existed even though quickly, we had a case of them can you i know colette thinks she knows what's going on but can you poop in a minute and a half you got a you got a minute oh, and 30 no. seconds colette buckshot go <laughs> oh um <laughs> i read uh i read public domain number four i also read two and three because i was behind and um it's cool I wish I liked the series better than I do. Like, it's not bad, but it's not hitting me the way I would have hoped. Um, I read Stuff of Nightmares, number one. Uh, first R.L. Stein I've ever read, even though I'm of the perfect age for the Goosebumps generation and all that. <laughs> um, better than I expected it to be. Uh, not the greatest. Definitely not Creepshow. Um, also had, like, you know, a creepy narrator kind of a person telling a story about some people that... uh are doing genetic uh, experiments and have a whole bunch of um, creepy ghouls that they stick on a reporter and somebody. And, uh, you know, it's like for someone who wants a fun horror with a bit of gross out or like gore, but wants to be able to not have to worry about whether or not they're going to have a little bit of an actual creep out feeling. Um, right, Exterminators number one, uh, which is like trying to be a... Uh, girls x-men grindhouse kind of a thing it's by uh leah williams who you know it's about the work you love um, that work and uh man i love the concept of a girls uh grindhouse x book and there were some really stupid things i had to get over to get to the fun of it and <laughs> um and then hardy harley half of harley quinn's 30th anniversary edition was um reminded me why i don't like some harley and i really like some other harley there you go <laughs> well you got scores oh gosh public domain gets a seven exterminators gets a fuck i don't know the work uh, six and a half, I guess. <laughs> half work. Uh, out of five, that's not so bad. Out of ten, it's uh, it's all right. Yeah, I don't know. It has some great stuff and it. it's just some really stupid, stupid plot holes <laughs> that didn't need to be so stupid in the midst of the fun stupid. Um, stuff of nightmares. We'll give that a 
seven. Sure. I clearly don't create scores before I do this. And the bit of Harley that I read will give a seven and a half. Nice. There you go. Your your description of exterminators actually really makes me want to read it because I really want to know the horrible, st- how stupid the horrible, stupid stuff is and how good the good, stupid stuff is. Yeah, it's really like, it's a very contradicting comic because <laughs> the if we're actually doing a campy grindhouse, you know, ex-girls getting trashed drunk and doing crazy shit, like, that's cool and that part is actually fun but then there's just really dumb the car can't stop but on the last panel it stopped to pick up dazzler but somehow now it all of a sudden can't stop or she's kicking her boyfriend (laughs) out of two months but his stuff or tv and everything was in her apartment and it's this big deal and you know just like like you didn't have to do something stupid like that it could have been six months like just it this is easy (laughs) to make these not like wait what why anyway there you go that was more than a minute and a half and i'm sorry but i've i've had a long uh three years of the last two weeks and i have had uh more whiskey than i should have at this point in the night but i had to socialize with other parents tonight god damn it and i'm exhausted (laughs) well well, i hope you i hope you can hang in there um because you and i are going to talk about one bad day two-face number one which roman didn't read so roman minute 30 go um You know, Avengers 60, Legacy Issue 760, um, it's a Judgment Day tie-in, kind of, that has the banner. But actually, that doesn't matter if you haven't read Judgment Day. It's a Mark Russell story, and it's a Hawkeye story. What? Yeah, it's just a story about Hawkeye thinking about this whole judgment crap, and and it's just about him, how he feels about it. And the Celestial visits him in the form of Natasha. And it's just a kind of a philosophical, fun Hawkeye story. Hmm. There's no other Avengers in it. It's great. Any bananas? Um, I did, oh, my God. I'll have to read it again to see if there's a banana. Okay. Got to be a banana somewhere. <laughs> uh, Edge of Spider-Verse, number four. This is my first I- or my favorite issue of the series so far because it was just really fun. There's like four, three or four stories, a Spider-Ham story. There's a new Spider character who's called Spinstress because she's spider but she's also a disney princess basically and it plays with all the disney princesses tropes except she's a spider character um there's a spider mobile story except a spider mobile on a on a planet where like cars where all the cars are sentient um and that's fun oh and there's a new character new spider character that's uh uh differently abled and uses her walking aid sticks as webbing shooters and she's got a great costume and it's pretty interesting. Dang, I only got two of them done. <laughs> you got scores? Um I mean it's just two of them. Can you yeah. find them on that on those seven I, sheets I can't, of paper I you can't, have? I can't. Have you thought like, about either like alphabetizing? I know you sort them by score, but I feel like that doesn't help. No, you I don't I don't do that. Scores. Yeah, I don't do that either. I I my, my list is tens. Yeah, my list is literally I read something, I write it down. And so that's what'd you the, read before this? So maybe you could find that and then find your score. Nightwing, like, the Avengers 100. Forever, and Nightwing. Ah, Avengers. Nine point six, the Hawkeye story, and Edge of Spider Verse. I read the very next comic was seven point five. So nice. nice. All right. That's that's when right. you do your middle stuff. There was All a really right. there was a really cool thing Darth Vader did in his latest issue too, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well. If that's over, can we finally start talking about One Bad Day, Batman? You have a minute and 30, Django, go. 
Oh, shit. I would like to yield my time to the <laughs> senator from Franklin Street. Roman, go. Uh, uh, <laughs> Fantastic Four, number 47, Legacy 692. This was pretty cool because it's another Judgment Day kind of tie-in, but it's all about uh, Sue Richards. And it's just a good Sue Richards story where she's showing off how badass she is um, while Reed's trying to figure out how to stop the Celestial and also thinking about how badass his wife is. And it's a good thing she's out there so he could do this stuff in here. Um, Darth Vader, pretty standard issue. Nothing real big happens, except there's something that's attacking. He can't get past, but he, cause it affects organic matter. So he sends in a droid. He sticks his lightsaber in the droid's head compartment, whatever. And you know how R2 shoots things out of its head compartment. Yeah. Sometimes he sticks his lightsaber in there. The droid goes underneath this big mechanical thing, whatever rolls underneath it, opens this thing, shoots the lightsaber out at which point Vader turns it on using the force and shoots it up into the thing and starts gutting it from inside. <laughs> Just awesome. using his head brain to control the yeah. lightsaber. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Now we can talk about Batman. You have 11 seconds. Up, left. Oh, 11 seconds. Well, I already did. My, uh, 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 what's up? What's left? What's left? Avengers forever. Uh, number nine is about Carol Danvers of various universes. And it's art by Aaron Cooter. And it looks pretty cool. Aaron Cooter's art is so good. Yeah. Yeah, not seeing all his different carols is pretty neat. Colette, I don't think we've ever done that. Do I give scores for Roman's books or should he give scores? Um, well, I think he should, but I really want to hear what you would. So we're going to go <laughs> okay. with you. That first one, yeah. the, the Fantastic Four one, was that a Fantastic Four issue? Yeah. Uh, I think you gave it uh, an 8.5. Close. I give it an 8. Okay. And the next one was Darth Vader. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Sounds like you probably gave that a 7.5. Um, Close it was... again, I gave it a 7. Gosh, <laughs> I just must think that you like How comics you... more than you like comics. <laughs> How about Avengers Forever, number 9? Uh, that's a 10 because Aaron Cooter's art deserves a 10 every time. <laughs> oh, that's way off. I gave it a 7. It's actually, it probably deserves more than that. But Apparently not. Not from Romstadt. <laughs> Uh, Batman, <laughs> One Bad Day, Two-Face, Number One, Mariko Tamaki, Javier Fernandez, and Jordi Belair. Colette, I don't want Django. you to give us a breakdown of what happened in this because it's just basically you don't want a Two-Face doing... story. No, I know you hate doing that. and and like... You don't want me to go panel for panel again and tell everybody the exact entire comic? <laughs> no, it's not that. It's that I don't know that it really matters. Like the broad stroke is Two-Face's dad is turning 88. He wants to have a party. Harvey Dent is a good guy right now in this whatever. I don't know if this is canon or not. So Harvey Dent hires Batman to make sure that his dad is safe. And uh, spoiler alert, it turns out that Two-Face uh, had plans to to fuck with his dad and, and kill him by the end. Um, that's like the whole thing. And I don't know if I'm holding this to an unfair standard because the Tom King book in this run was so fucking good i think it's unfair to all of these that are going to come out that they put the tom king one first okay because okay. they're all going to be compared to that one and it's mm. that was just stellar comic book create that was a whole different yeah. level of comic book creating and expecting i was disappointed that this wasn't another i was kind of expecting all of these to be an homage to the killing joke like right the first one was and this definitely isn't um no, no it's it's not no and i <laughs> i had to a little ways in tell myself to just like i had to stop reading for a minute to reframe my brain and right. like no because this is actually 
pretty damn good compared to a lot of the other comics that come out. Yeah. But what I, but my expectation based on the last one, pet peeve aside, was a different level than this yeah. is. And and it wasn't fair to this comic. I also I read a lot of mysteries and I guessed the twist from the moment that it was set up oh, yeah. at the big it was like a two year old well, would have guessed this. Clearly, twist. yeah. Um but the clearly artist Bruce beautiful. is a moron. <laughs> but, yeah. Bruce and, acts like Superman in this. It's irritating. But when you, I feel like as I was reading through it the more though, the the through line kind of message of this one to me was more wanting wanting to have faith in people and wanting to trust them and wanting the people that we care about to be better than they than we know that they probably are. Yeah, that's, and, that's absolutely it. That's fucking the guy with the S, not the bat on his chest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I like the idea of seeing Bruce have those moments where he, mm-hmm. you know, he knows that he doesn't trust anyone. That's got to be hard. And right. anybody that has that level of distrust ha- would then have the times where they try to push themselves to, I need to, I need to trust someone once or, or like I can give a little bit. And usually when you're forcing yourself to do that kind of thing, you're always going to pick the wrong time to actually do that. Yeah. You overcompensate. And did you, they were really good friends in like year 1.5, right? Yeah. Did you ever read the Batman? Was it secret origins with that amazing Neil Adams cover? Or or was it a Batman annual? It's, it's got this crazy two face cover. It looks a lot like, uh, just a Batman issue that has a kind of a, I think a Tom Mandrake two-face cover. That's not as good. Yeah. But there was a, I think it was a secret origins issue. And if it wasn't, it was a, an annual, it was maybe even like Pat Broderick art, but it was my first introduction to like an origin for two-face and the gyroscopic uh, coin that Batman gave him. And I think that in that issue, and this would have been like 90 or 91, maybe even 89 that it came out. Mm-hmm. I think in that issue, we learn a lot about how abusive Two-Face's dad is. He's and... clearly a fucking dick. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a dick in this and straight up abusive in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so to, to see this kind of have that touchstone, I, I liked that part of it. I, I really liked the resolve with Two-Face of that when he is saying... To Bruce or when it all comes out that like you're everyone's so desperate for me to be the good Harvey Dent and for Two-Face to not be here but we're both one in the same mm-hmm. and the recognition that like it's not a split personality it's not one conscious or the idea that it's not one consciousness and another it's it's the two halves to a whole right and which which emotions are percolating to that or what is what sometimes is he's passing the, out wolf tickets yeah yeah and it's just a um more extreme bipolar of the same whole as opposed right. to um two different people fighting for control of the same body and i i I like that take on Two-Face a lot more. That's a lot more compelling to me than, um, you know, a split personality. It's a a different internal struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, if I think that the whole thing was good, I don't think it was great. And Mm -hmm. if I were to remove something in here, it would be the, uh, the mayor who's just part of Mariko Tamaki's detective run right now, or that just wrapped up like that, that mayor, this, we get like an, 
early, not really an origin of the mayor, but we get him as a beat cop. And then we flash forward to now Mayor Nakano. And yeah, like he he was kind of wrapped up in the future state stuff and just mm-hmm. probably my least favorite Batman stuff in the last 15 years came from came from the future state storyline yeah um but i i think you know i think the action was good i think i think you're right the 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 fine-tuning of two faces personality as opposed to personalities and the conversations that spoiler has with batman are are kind of the standout points for this mm-hmm. the art was fine too um like it's it's kind of uh albuquerque esque mm-hmm. um and like to it's i think it's ballsy to have uh a two-page spread that is just somebody walking into a birthday party mm-hmm. and it was a, it was uh, a page <laughs> a birthday party that's supposed to be a, a packed event of like 200 plus people or whatever and there's like three tables and well no listen one... sometimes your hand hurts call it <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> i just was like that's um almost would have been easier to just have a crowd because then you only have to do heads and shoulders and uh right <laughs> you but... drew a lot of balloons you just run out of hand space <laughs> yeah um i liked the art a lot i did find i haven't read a lot of batman that has two face in it so like the spoilers connection to him was a little bit lost on me some of the the referential bits in here mm-hmm. i think might have had a little more punch if I they happened to be stuff that I had more of a connection to but um I feel yeah. like I feel like Two-Face and Roman you can maybe correct me here but I feel like Two-Face is a character that um probably Two-Face and the Joker are the two Batman villains that are the least upset about putting children in peril right like both yeah. of them is ready to kill a Robin just for funsies oh yeah yeah and I don't think that all of Batman's villains are kind of like okay we gotta we gotta kill this kid so that we can fight batman yeah yeah no, i i agree maybe um oh my mind just went blank never mind i, yeah, I watched I it happen i <laughs> yeah. saw it happen <laughs> i had another villain in mind and they just disappeared that's how good of a villain they are they just wipe themselves out of my head uh well colette mm-hmm. what would you say to giving this one a score i think i will give this an eight i'm gonna give it a seven and a half i think it's i think it's well worth the cost of entry mm-hmm. um and i'm definitely looking forward to the next ones like this this whole series we still don't really know what it's about we don't know why they're doing it we don't know what the through line is going to be this doesn't seem like one bad day for two-face it seems like a pretty solid day for two-face but um yeah i'm i'm still interested in what they're doing with these one bad day stories mm-hmm. i'm excited well, to see what the other creators do well the first one whose bad day was it in the tom king one well, it was like riddler's shitty upbringing yeah huh i don't know i already it's yet. still Maybe. a pretty shitty day for batman yeah. it's everybody's bad day oh well, yeah yeah it's everyone's bad day in that one maybe maybe it's harvey dent's dad's bad day it is definitely a pretty bad day for him maybe yeah. she thought it was b day and they abbreviated it like that <laughs> so she did one birthday one bad birthday okay guys i want you to cast your minds back (gasps) that hurts not that far roman and farther (laughs) than that colette okay you guys to meet in the middle roman take take two big steps forward colette back to like 1993 94 okay 
and let's talk about. Oh, it's fun Vanish. being the youngest person in the room right now. <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> Andrew! Can you cut that part out, please? <laughs> Give uh, me this. I spend most of my time at work with people at least five years younger than me, if not more. <laughs> I wonder what that's like, Colette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm the same age as your girlfriend, so uh, watch yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, Vanish by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. This is about the most '90s bitchin' radical thing <laughs> that you can imagine. Uh, I, I We got this in on Tuesday, and Jeff and I were counting the comics. And I'll give everybody, I'll let everybody in, uh, in this, uh, like, behind the curtain. I'll part this kimono. I'll uh, let, you, let you see some of the way the sausage is made. I don't really know what's coming out until we open a box. And then <laughs> Jeff counts it, and then he tells me numbers. And then I walk around the tables, and I start flipping through comics, and it's like, it's like a Wednesday as if I don't own and run a comic book store. Um, Jake, I'll open... tell you a secret. Yeah. When I'm not doing this podcast, I come in Friday morning and Ooh! I look at the new shelf and I go, oh, this is what came out this week. Isn't the it? luxury. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I flipped through this and I was like, Jeff, this is the most 90s Joe Casada art that I've seen since <laughs> I read 90s Joe Casada art. And like that, that is high, high, high praise from me, Ryan Stegman. I know you're, I know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> this, this dude on page two who has lips and a stocking cap and a big old square nose, like that guy is straight <laughs> out of the Ray or straight out of like uh, the, those, those X-Men issues that he drew the covers on. Like, I love these shapes that are being in this. It's basically what if Spawn, Harry Potter Spawn, was in a more realistic Spawn world. <laughs> and he, Spawn, killed Volda Spawn Mort and then became a Spawn drug addict. And it's great. I guess an alcoholic, also a drug addict. <laughs> I'm realizing I should have tapped out and gotten Jared to come and have this conversation with the <laughs> yeah. two of you. <laughs> if anyone should be having a 90s nostalgia comic conversation with you. <laughs> well, me. listen, I, I, I would implore our listeners to stop listening now and read this comic before we finish talking about it. Not because there's amazing spoilers that are going to change your life but i think one of the most interesting twists in a story happens like halfway through this book and i think that it was an amazing bit of social commentary and like uh, just just a really well done story beat so read this comic before you hear me say that the way this little kid who's a wizard defeats the ultimate evil wizard is by smuggling a gun into the wizard school and shooting the guy in the fucking head <laughs> And I was like, that is so brilliant, right? Like, like this mm -hmm. dumb mechanical thing that the, the muggles have a problem with is what saves the wizards and the muggles from certain doom. Like they, they didn't need magic wands. They didn't need any of this shit. The kid just brought a gun to school and shot the bad guy in the head. And I was, I was really impressed by that conceit because it is dark mm -hmm. as shit and says something very uncomfortable about guns and like magic isn't as good as guns. That's, that's pretty amazing. And it also kind of solves a lot of my problem with um, magic stories, which is like, I don't know what the fuck those power blasts are doing. Show me the kinetic thing. And he does that again later where he beats that, that kid up 
he beats the shit out of that kid who turns out to be an old man. But like when he stomps on that kid's um, gloves and we get to see that those big, stupid, ugly nineties hands are really just giant metal gauntlets, like, like another example of kinetic beating magic. And I, I really appreciate it. Um, okay. I just jizzed all over this comic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you Nightwinged, and I'm looking for it. <laughs> Why do you say something, Colette? I don't think you like this. Roman, I think you did kind of like this, but maybe I'm just uh, assuming you kind of like this. <laughs> Why do you say something so I don't dehydrate myself here? No, we're just going to let you go. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that face? Those lips, man. <laughs> Two pages in, and he's got Casada lips. <laughs> I, I love that panel too where he he pulls out the gun and then this the most it takes up more than half the page the blam yeah um that's just a beautiful sound effect beautiful panel first word and, my brother learned to read from indiana jones comic blam oh brother <laughs> andre <laughs> yeah it's funny i when i started this comic i, I in some ways i don't I was conflict a little bit conflicted because at first I was like, yeah, I don't like this '90s style. I'm not sure if I like Stegman. Couldn't remember what else he's done, but it drew me in so quickly. And even though yeah. I was like, man, that's an ugly face, but boy, it's effective. Um, yeah. And yeah, this 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 wasn't. I don't know what I really expected, but I didn't expect the whole magic realm stuff and everything. And, and the juxtapositions were were great. The violence and yeah, those little every little thing you talked about, it's all great. You can't set this much of a comic book in an alley that is drawn as if Todd McFarlane was uh, penciling and um, Capullo was inking, <laughs> and not have it echo every single. Yeah. spawn comic you've ever read which i think i've only read like four spawn i dropped off yeah there, there's, there's four more than me buddy yeah <laughs> there's still this character uh baron vanish mm-hmm. and i still can't figure out what the hell he's wearing are they like spider legs with super long talons that are like kind of cascading down his front of his body i don't know what he's wearing but yeah dude, whatever, it, at, whatever panel, it is it's cool <laughs> the panel where he gets shot you see that it's a, mm-hmm. a backpack that he has like spider legs on and they sometimes wrap themselves oh. around his body oh, yeah, i liked okay. the yeah, way they had hairy. him wear them yeah. how they would like tuck into him like a spider would as he's walking around and then... like a spider would or like wow. uh like a weapon x reference Jeez, I didn't realize that intro page looks like yeah. it could be the hoses coming out of Logan. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought it was for. Wow, that's way creepier than I than I realized. <laughs> okay, Colette. Yes, um. Did you just not like it because he beat the fuck out of that kid? Like he didn't knock no, his I teeth didn't care out. about he that. Broke like, all he's of his a little bitch ass punk. <laughs> um <laughs> no, I just I, I didn't I didn't quite pick up on the intentional 90s homage aspect of it and i think i could have appreciated a little bit better if i viewed it through that gaze but it just was fine but it just didn't do it for me there were clever moments within it i thought the thing with the gun that he's breaking the cardinal rules Mm -hmm. uh and the breaking of the cardinal rule was to go into the mundane world and get a gun because this guy can't be yo magic can touch him because he's so all-powerful magically right like oh yeah like the simplest answer is often the best kind of a thing it, right i thought it had clever moments i thought it was interesting but it's just not a not a me that's uh, totally fair i didn't get to read comics in the 90s i wanted to right. and there wasn't a comic shop near me 
and my mom didn't know how to help me get comics and uh so i don't have that uh that love and that connection that um i I should i don't want to say that you probably have better taste than any of us because of that but you might (laughs) definitely have better taste than the rest of us because you're not polluted with a love for intricately drawn alleys um I mean, I love an intricately drawn alley. It's just (laughs) from a slightly more contemporary artist, I guess. Or a slightly older artist. Do you see that? Kids love chains. Oh, yeah. There's chains in there. Kids love chains. (laughs) Um, I did. So I listened to an interview with Ryan Stegman talking about this. And he was like, yeah, like the conceit is how fucked is it that uh, Harry Potter is this kid sent to battle the ultimate evil and murder him? Like he's he's a warrior um and a child and he wins and how much would that mess you up and i really like that sort of i mean it's so cynical and and sad but um also his costume looks a little bit like the ray's costume with those marching band um things going across the epaulets yeah yeah how did i not realize this was a 90s homage with this shot of the kid with the blood dripping the like the old man kid that is clearly spawn yeah (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, totally. And look at his teeth. They're just all broken in different ways inside of his mouth. That would be such a bummer to try to talk or lick your lips. Um, it's fine. It's all a glamour. Who knows what his teeth are going to look like when he's back yeah. as oh. well, they, I guess they we do him. know. They because kill they him show like him. two pages later, right? No, he doesn't die. They send him scurrying back, don't they? Oh, I guess they do kill him. No, I think he stomps him. I think, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And his teeth are not as bad, but still fucky. Anyway. Um, I, I could look at this comic all day. I don't know if it's good, but it is just off the chain. It's it's like, (laughs) don't get off the chain. Kids love those. (laughs) Donnie and, and Ryan like unleashed and allowed to be as violent as they feel like they want to be is pretty awesome. Um, I, a lot of times with image books, I find points where I'm like, ah, oh, you could have used an editor, but I didn't feel like that here at all. I'm going to give it a nine and uh, I'm going to give it an enthusiastic bitchin' nine. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Romy? I gave it an eight. An ocho. Because you don't like to see kids get their teeth punched in half? No, I want to see more of that. If, if they had more of that, I would have given it a nine. Fair enough. Coco, what, what were you going to give it? And what do you give it? It stayed the same, didn't it? I can't tell. Your, fa- your face is betraying nothing. <laughs> Curses and blast. Poker face. Coker face. <laughs> um, I give it uh, six and a half. All right. Maybe it's a seven. I don't know. It's somewhere in there. A contentious issue for our final issue, dear <laughs> listeners. Oh, it's not contentious. I don't care. I am glad you guys <laughs> liked it. That's the farthest apart I think we as a group have ever been. No, there was a uh, there was a a Venom issue uh, a bajillion years ago. Okay. That Jeff and Justin really liked, and you wanted to take a copy and rip it on air. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it like a two or some shit. <laughs> okay. I believe that as well. Uh, well, I think it's time for us to start wrapping up, but we do have <gasps> another voicemail. Oh Ooh. my gosh. Another voicemail. Another voicemail. Listen, Will, you're not alone today. Um, Hey, this is I'm calling in because this is Jeff Figley, um, longtime listener. Maybe maybe your biggest fan. Actually, actually, maybe I'm your biggest fan of this podcast is me, Jeff. (laughs) 
Um, and I was noticing that recently on your podcast feed, because you guys did this weird thing where you broke things up by <laughs> that, uh, it was, it was maybe one or two episodes ago that you guys were season four episode. Three. <laughs> 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 so I thought in the spirit of like retroactively honoring <laughs> episode 420, <laughs> um, I would ask you guys a question thematically, thematically related to that. <clears throat> can't wait to hear what you guys do with it. And I can't wait to hear the episode. Uh, so for this episode, not episode, not episode 20, but based on episode 20, I was going to, I was going to ask, uh, what comic book have the two or three of you read where it a made you feel like you were on drugs made you feel b number two made you feel like you should be on drugs or the third roman numeral three made you wish you were on drugs uh django i know that well i know from listening to the show because again big fan one of the biggest um that you don't love a comic thing that makes you feel like you should be on drugs to read it i'm curious uh what pulled it off what did it well um or conversely, antithetically, the opposite of not that, but the other, um, edit I asked, what made you wish <laughs> not just to read it, but what thing, what comic did you read where you're like, man, I wish I was doing more, you know? All of that, I say in the spirit of hoping that people live a pure life, uh, a light in, you know, a life in line with the, the light that, uh, don't do drugs is my point. <laughs> don't do drugs no one should do drugs and that's why i asked you two clean living sober boys uh what did it what didn't do it um all of that big fan jeff figley on the horn uh see you next time um for an episode <laughs> episode not 420 you know what i mean and again this isn't episode 420 um this is a different episode uh see you guys love you miss you bye <laughs> holy oh. shit we made it through that you guys <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jeff sent that, that to me after he had moved, <laughs> he had moved his house all day long and he was hanging out with his best friend, Danny, <clears throat> and he sent it to me at like 1030 at night. So I, I don't know what weed does to your perception of time, but I'll bet he thought that was about a 15 second. Voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those ones where you question, is this the bit? No. Maybe. Is he high? <laughs> He's really high. Is he just really tired and then leading into the bit? It's very uh, well done. Yes. Well done, Jeffrey. Yes, good one. Well uh, okay, I am trying to remember the title of these comics that made me feel like they did a, a good job of making me feel like I was on drugs. Do either of you have an answer while I rack my brain to remember the Black Mask and the Dark Horse book that I'm thinking? Um, I actually thought of a handful, like the Flex Mentalo series. Mm. Um, there was some storylines in the Doom Patrol, not not the original Morrison stuff, but the um, Young Animal, more recent run. Okay. I think during the like the Milk Wars, maybe. And actually, I do have the experience, like in high school, just after high school, maybe, of being stoned and reading like Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers reprints, which are already good and funny. What else would you read? But but yeah, <laughs> but actually reading them stone just enhance it takes it to a whole new level because you're reading about these guys that are always stoned and all their adventures are around 
weed They're like or other me, drugs man <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah feeling being stoned feeling you were felt like you were one of them and part of their world nice great do you have one colette I'm trying to think i know there's definitely been plenty of comics that i've read that i've been like i feel like i should be someone who does drugs and maybe i would have enjoyed this better <laughs> uh but there's, I, so, yeah, I guess so for me, probably the, the first things that pop into my mind are like Neverboy is oh, one yeah. that is not in print right now, which is a travesty oh, because it's sucks. very good. It's an IDW book. <clears throat> it was, um, uh, oh God, who wrote that? I don't remember, but um, it's Tyler Jenkins art, but not what you would usually expect. And it's like good and trippy and depressing and all about drug use, but in an unexpected way. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the first thing that definitely pops into my head. The one that sure. the one that I thought of was uh, Grave Trancers or Grave Tracers from oh. Black Mask. Do you guys remember mm. that? Good pick, mm-hmm. yeah. And I can't remember exactly what the conceit was or what the drug was. Was it like ground up brains or shit? Something or like that, yeah. Like was... something just so fucked up. Yeah, it was ground up organic something. <laughs> yeah, and it did. A, I think it did a really good job of making you super wish that you hadn't dropped acid right before you read that comic <laughs> you were totally sober um just like very good visceral reactions to thing uh, yeah i that was that was the first one that came to mind the other one was uh this damned band um that tony tony parker drew and uh who paul cornell wrote it um that had some really trippy scenes and and some really good like velvet poster style covers that i i think were solid like 70s demonic weed smoking sort of scenes that that i appreciated i I like i don't like that shit i like that your and my brains went to like acid or shroom trip kind of comics and roman went to like chilled out weed and yeah (laughs) I don't think I could read a comic book slow enough to feel like I was on weed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in general, I just don't super care for dreamy scenes. I don't, Mm -hmm. I've never done those drugs, so I don't trust them to give me an important epiphany. So I don't trust anything that the character realizes in those in a comic book to matter. Mm -hmm. Um, that's probably all on me, but um, maybe I should mention episode four. <laughs> uh, well, we've been recording this for seven and a half hours, so we should probably uh, head out. Do you remember um, when we thought that the three of us could be like quick and concise and oh my let's God. get <laughs> We did it that one time, like yeah. probably for episode 420, I guess. Uh, a couple episodes ago when we did that, I, I think that was that was pretty snappy, but this was mm-hmm. not snappy. Um, and listen, you're welcome. We've had so many emails come in asking for our podcast to be longer and Jeff's finally taking a week off. And so we thought we'd see just how long we could make this thing. Someday we'll do a 24 hour live podcast fundraiser, just like the bus. And uh, I expect you all to tune in because it will not be rebroadcast because after about 30 seconds, we say things we wish we hadn't said and we can delete them in this format. So uh Andrew, I hope you listened to that beginning and found the right stuff to delete. Uh, yep, yep. I, mm-hmm. I, I trust you every week with our, all of our lives. Really. I refuse to listen to any of these that I've ever been on, just so that I can continue with the uh, 
the blind trust in my brain that anything that is shameful <laughs> that I could say has been edited out. And I'm just, I'm just trusting that. Um, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, edited it I don't live. listen. I don't know. <laughs> I do it live. I forget the whole, wholly offensive things that you guys say as we go. So I can keep respecting you. Uh, throughout the podcast <laughs> our so you just have no memory of our relationship whatsoever at this point well, you, like you, you just don't I remember are like we're pretty good i'm pretty sure i met roman about 30 seconds ago though <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, oh hey oh, did yeah. you all know that the comics place is 40th anniversary is coming up holy shit we should have led with this do people even get this far first and second we're having a Big ol' extravaganza to celebrate the fact oh, that this man. wonderful little store of ours is 40 fucking years old. That's old. That's that old. That's it's older, than, older than Roman and I. Yeah. Yeah. I was six when the comics place started. That's crazy <laughs> to think about. I still yeah. lived in New Orleans when the comics place was born. And crazier than that, we have wow. customers that were kids when this store yeah. opened and we're subscribers who are still coming to us oh, yeah. to this day. So we're celebrating everybody. Yeah. Come October 1st and 2nd. Come free, on over. We're going to have free high fives. That's it. Just, just free high fives, free high fives on the sidewalk. Yep. Yeah. And we're going to make a few people that used to work the store just like hang out awkwardly. And, um, <laughs> you know, and we're, and Roman will be up on his pedestal and we'll be, you know, laying flowers at his feet and paying yeah. homage. Yeah. His high fives are a dollar. Yeah. And they come forward and kiss my ring. Yeah. Uh, what but else? We're going to, we're going to have some have, local creators. We have local right? creators. We're going to have a whole bunch of back issues that are going to be $2 a pop, Cheap right? Back yeah. issues. Crazy. Sure. And sure. we're going to pepper some fancy comics. I got, in those I got boxes. a really good idea for that. Oh, yeah. Yay. Our conversation so. today made me, made me have an idea. Yeah. Uh, so that's exciting. What a uh, prize wheel. A, prize wheel which Meat. is going to be amazing and cool Meat it's from not East barbecue yeah mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. also past employees and owners and wonderful mm-hmm. people and high fives and just general we love you-ness because yeah. thank you for 40 years of this store and uh it's not my store uh so i get to say all these effusive things as much as possible (laughs) because you two are amazing and i just get to be a part of this place just like we all do and thank you to uh, the comics place community and and yeah the joint's all right yeah it's fine (laughs) (laughs) did did any wow did any of us live in whatcom county or when when the comics place started Roman, you and I are literally the only people who work here that are actually older than the comics place. <laughs> Jared's as old as the comics place. He didn't That's leave it. when it opened, though. That's it. Yeah, like, we were around, but not up here, I don't think. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, wow. Anyway, uh, send us an email to uh, hopefully Jeff's coming back someday. Uh, hopefully he yeah. doesn't get uh, Frank quietly poisoning from that tattoo that he has, which is amazing. You should ask to see his very, very upper left thigh oh, next time oh, he's, oh. I hope he's wearing kilts for about a week <laughs> or nobody's gonna see that tattoo without seeing his junk um send it send emails to jeff at the comicsplace.com that's j-e-f-f not the other way that some people spell it and the comicsplace.com not the one without the the because without the the it's you know the one we wish we had um keep listening tell your friends and is there anything else keep keep reading comics keep 
buying comics, keep, keep collecting, keep watching comics, the skies, watching Thanks the skies. For always being patient with us and listening this far into this longest <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we should we should pepper in little secret things for people. Anyway, I'm <laughs> Django. I'm Roman. Oh yeah, I'm Colette. Eh, that bit didn't work as well as I hoped it would. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe he'll edit it. I was wondering, you guys. Uh, what were you oh. wondering? I was wondering. That's that's. We'll, we'll just we'll stop it there. Andrew can edit it and can make it sound funny, like like it's a cliffhanger. <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's something. <laughs>